Next time you'll see a puffin flag planted when they both come and both of the drinks gone, replaced with like seawater. I mean, if the puffins really wanted to, they could win. They could they could pull an emu. Welcome to the Hats All We Know podcast for your hosts, Chris and David. Hope you enjoyed your uh, Poochie last Tuesday since these come out on Monday. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. David's looking confused. Uh, Poochkey Day, also known as Fat Tuesday, is the 16th of February. Also known as the day before Lent starts. I did know Fat Tuesday. I thought you were trying to refer to Valentine's Day as Poochie Day, and I was like, that's not a term I've heard before, but you do you. Poochkeys are a great donut. That explains why I haven't heard of it. If this is your first time with us, welcome. We just go through four random facts that we each found interesting throughout the past week. Starting always with a hat fact. David, what is our hat fact this week? For this week, I thought we would talk about the tricorn hat. Sure, that's a thing. So tricorn hat, if you're not familiar, it's tri three corn corners. They did a really good job in naming it. Oh, I was hoping corn was like... Ears of corn. Yeah, or like three varieties of corn. The tricorn hat actually is what it became known in the 19th century after it, it had gone out of fashion and the bicorn hat had gone into fashion. It used to be known as the cocked hat. Why? Because the sides were cocked or turned up. Okay, so how is the... I guess what... So Bai just got rid of one of the corners? So this made it round? Sort of. I'll talk about the bicorn next week. Okay. It's a separate entity. But for the tricorn hat, typically, at least in America, we think of it in terms of of oh i'm part of the we i didn't know that i I figured you would have an idea of what a tricorn hat is or times you had seen it i have no idea okay well i would say and this might jog your memory would be revolutionary war era oh that's a tricorn hat yeah so the one with the three points on it yeah see i didn't know what those were called and then i was trying to imagine corners but i was just thinking of like a pyramid which definitely has more than three corners yeah so that will actually help a lot with the question then that you know what it looks like now how do you think that hat came to be so like the bowler hat came about because they wanted a fashionable helmet essentially to go hunt ushankas came about because mother russia frostbite you so you know well frostbite's the common well frostbite's any army trying to invade as hitler found out as napoleon found out as every non-russian person found out that tried to invade russia at some point we'll, they'll learn i really want to believe that but i've also seen humans so i can't yeah we're also not attacking russia so we're good no one's gonna go after russia i really hope not that would not be fun for anybody anyway tricorn hat how do you think that came to be or what type of hat do you think it was made from initially i think it was made from a a halo that was shaped like a triangle they just plucked it off of the delinquent angel and went okay thank you that's mine I'll take that halo and we'll put some felt around it. And now it's a hat. Yeah, well, it was circular. So then they just, you know, stretched it. So it had some points and that's how it started. And then they were like, you know, it'd be good. It's actually had some substance here. Hmm. Maybe we should make it so that they can't tell that we stole it from an angel. Let's bend it a bit. Let's deform it. If they if we deform it, then we can't return it. We break the warranty on it. Well, if you stole it from an angel, I mean, the angel either clearly is not in good graces. So you stole it from an angel that probably is not really an angel anymore. Or you just stole it from a good angel and you're not going to be in good graces. So you should really hide that you did it. And I'm sure by bending it into a triangle, you are 100% hidden. No problems. It's it's not a circle. Yeah, it can't be a halo. It's not a circle. It's glowing and it's floating above my head, but it's not a circle. I'm sorry. Well, that's when you put the raccoon felt on it. Mm -hmm. So no. Uh, I like the guess, though. I really do. I thought that was a that was a decent guess. For the tricorn hat, it kind of looks like a normal hat, 
except on three of the sides, they just folded up the brim. Looks like a cowboy hat that got folded in a tornado. Yeah, like the back of it got folded up too. Yeah. So theoretically, they have roughly the same purpose in that tricorn hats are supposed to be worn with one of the points facing forward. However, people that say that it's stupid, people wear baseball hats backwards. How many times have you seen a Jolly Roger skull and crossbones on the flat side of one of the tricorns and that's supposed to be the front? Just putting it out there. But the idea is if you have the point in the front when it rains or such, it kind of acts as a gutter. Oh, that'd be helpful. And just kind of pours out in front of you or into your sides. And the same idea with cowboy hat actually is that the sides bend up to be able to make a funnel on either side to be able to push the water away from your face so it's not constantly waterboarding you. I mean, that's not ideal unless you unless you want that. And if you do, I feel like there's more effective ways of doing that. Yes, but also, is this an equilateral triangle? In theory, I mean, it's kind of curved. Is there a way you could wear it backwards so you could be a cool person with the backwards hat? I mean, yeah. So you're supposed to wear it with the point forward. However, I'm not going to lie. Until I started researching this, I thought it was supposed to be worn with the flat side forward because because when I, I was growing up, most of the hats I had seen, the flat side was forward whenever they were wearing it. Because that's, you know, you can put a label very easily on the flat part of a hat, not so much on a corner. Well, it turns out when we're trying to uh, reenact the revolutionary period, not always the most accurate in terms of reenactments. What? No. You got to think of your audience. That way, you know, they, they have an idea. Fair. Speaking of knowing your audience, you've seen parts of the Caribbean, I assume. Yes. Jack Sparrow's hat. That's a tricorn. And he wears it correctly with the, the point facing forward. Yeah, he's also the worst pirate. He's a fantastic pirate. He was pretty bad. I don't know. I think he won best pirate just for the opening scene of timing his boat sinking to be able to step right onto the dock. <laughs> I think you've won best pirate at that point because you've calculated in your mind exactly how to sink your boat in order to get there on time. You're by far the worst pirate I've ever heard of. But you have heard of me. So speaking of pirates, though, it was actually worn by pirates. Oh, there's a lot of famous pirates. Yes, there's pictures of Blackbeard wearing it, so on and so forth. But it was uh, worn by like nobility and such, but also by non-nobility. It was just not the best materials, which, okay, it still keeps me from getting waterboarded. I think I would classify pirates as non-nobility. I mean, some of them were rich, though, so depends on what you classify as nobility. New money, I guess, if anything. They were rich from, you know, getting back at the man. Well, I guess I'll delve a little bit into piracy here. Piracy started off as privateering, and privateering sounds much more legitimate because it was. It was private citizens that were told by the government, hey, t here's a ship or take your ship and go plunder anyone that's not our country. Yeah. And then when they decided that we want to sign a peace treaty, they were like, yeah, you can't stop doing that. And they were like, why? We're making more money than we would doing literally anything else so no so that's how piracy became to be piracy is actually how they tried the the former nazis was because a pirate i forget what treaty it was but they, they declared that pirates were enemies of the world essentially Ooh. and so they could be tried by any country no matter what country they had done wrong against anyway here's what i know Captain Morgan was a pirate. It's an eh rum, but he eventually got to be Lieutenant Governor of Jamaica. Sure. I mean, I've been to a pirate museum, don't remember much of it. It was in Salem. I was more entertained by the witch trials. Okay, that's, yeah, a pirate museum in Salem. I feel like they're missing their mark. I feel like they're not going to be able to compete with, you know, the Salem Museum. Whether for good, bad, or otherwise, they're not going to be able to compete. 
So tricorn hats. <laughs> oh, back to back to what we were actually talking about. Yeah, tricorn hats. Typically worn Revolution era, and then they went out of style and were replaced by the bicorn, which again, I'll talk about next week. But they were also worn by pirates, typically captains, that other pirates on the ship typically either wore no hats or like skull caps. Monmouth caps were popular, which if you remember back to when we were talking about wool in England... Okay. Monmouth is a city in Wales where there was a large population of sheep, as we've talked about before. Wales has castles and sheep. Yeah. Which, hey, I'll take that. But Monmouth is a city there and there is a style of hat because of just the basically wool skull cap that they made became known as a Monmouth cap. It's also a college in the US. Yeah, it turns out that a lot of various cities and townships in Europe are also cities in America or towns in America. Weird, right? It's almost like there's some sort of influence there. When's the last time someone was wearing one of these tricorn hats in public, not like reenacting anything? The last time I saw one was me about 10 years ago. Does that answer your question? It does, yeah. So about 10 years ago. Got it. Well, we'll move on to my first fact of this week, which I actually discovered ironically from TikTok despite the fact I don't have a TikTok. Well, I I think TikTok did a very good thing of being able to send people without an account videos without them having to like log on or anything. Like, I feel like that's a good way to promote your platform. It is. So my girlfriend sent me this and I said I might use it. And then I got entertained by it digging in more. So I'm using it. Is it about TikTok? It is not about TikTok. Okay. Only thing I know about TikTok is that Juju Smith-Schuster got into some hot water about it. And they may or may not be owned by Walmart now. I don't. It's really unclear because presidents change, so who knows. Isn't it just Vine? Yes, which Twitter also wanted to buy TikTok when they were going to be forced to sell, and everyone's like, you had Vine. Yeah, if you, let, if you let it wither on the Vine, you can't take something else. But no, it's, it's actually about Canada. Oh. To realize, I feel like I've been talking about Canada a lot recently too now. Of all the countries to talk about, I feel like there are worse ones. Yeah. So Canada, stereotypical in the US, is they're really nice and apologize for everything. Oh, sorry about that. And yet they have been in a de facto war. Is it an apology war? Like, are they going back and forth apologizing to another country for like stepping on their toe politically? Kind of, actually, yes. Sounds about right. But so it started in the 1930s, lost attraction, and then gained it back again in 1984. That's not an auspicious year or anything. Not like it's the title of a dystopian book. There is nothing dystopian about this war. Okay. But what country are they fighting this war with? And since we were discussing this beforehand, I know that you know the answer. <laughs> yeah, I actually I actually do know the answer to this. But I just find it entertaining, so I didn't feel like changing it. I thoroughly enjoy it, and I know way too much about this. But it is Denmark, due to Denmark formerly owning Greenland, and it is over a rock. It is over a rock with the name of Hans Island, a half square mile island with no known resources or literally anything on it. Like anything. It's literally just, it's a rock. They drive these babies for miles. Look, they're just trying to deliver their pizza, okay? Well, not quite pizza, if memory serves. It was the Krusty Krab pizza. Oh, I thought you meant the, the war. Yes. Oh, no. When when you drive the, ro- the rocks for miles, you gotta deliver the Krusty Krab pizza. So this war officially... Hap is happening because this island is in the middle of the of a 22 mile wide Neris Strait, mm-hmm. and since it's only 22 miles, it's within 10 miles of both Canada and Greenland. And as David said, Greenland is an autonomous country territory of Denmark. Since it's within 12 miles of both, international law says that it's in both Canadian and Danish waters. 
So there was a dispute over who actually owns it. Since it's in both of their waters, they can both lay claim to it. This was actually settled in 1933. Oh. It was deemed it was Denmark's island. Okay. By the League of Nations. That feels like when your mom comes in, when you and your sibling are fighting over a toy and it's like, come on, give it to her. Let her have it. You can play with it later. There was one slight issue, though, with this ruling. You can probably figure it out. I mean, League of Nations. feel like that's called the UN now. Uh, and it's a different entity because the U.S. started the League of Nations and then went, nope, we're not going to be a part of that one. Have fun, guys. Yeah. And it folded in the later on in the 1930s, which makes that ruling worthless. Yeah. During World War II and the Cold War, nothing really happened with this. Why would it? Honestly, kind of during the Cold War, I would expect it because it's northern Canada. How much colder can you get? Yeah, but Canada and Denmark weren't participating in the Cold War. That was just the U.S. and the Soviets going, you going to push the button? No, I'm what if I push it? You're going to push it? And then everyone else collectively pretending as though the hide and cover drills in schools would help. Oh, that's my favorite. Hide under your desk. There's a nuclear bomb coming. Honestly, giving people an idea that there might be something they can do probably helps everybody get through their day-to-day lives much better. And if that's going to do, that's still a fantastic thing to do. That was absolutely the point of it. Yes. But it, a, a desk, a wooden desk is not going to do much. Yeah. After the fact, when it's less of an everyday threat, you can look back on it and go oh that yeah that wouldn't have done anything yeah do you remember the map a couple years ago that came out where it was where we think north korea can launch intercontinental ballistic missiles and it was portugal Uh uh-huh uh-huh just like doesn't quite get to portugal stays in spain yeah (laughs) we did it we escaped to the outermost coast for a reason guys so back to this danish canadian war because it's hilarious It picked up steam again in 1984 when Denmark's minister to Greenland planted a flag on the island. So there is now one thing on the island, a flag. That's kind of impressive because, again, it's just a rock and it's not even flat. Like, there's not... I don't know how he would plant a flag in it besides drilling a hole into the rock. They, they probably did do that. Yeah. And they left some things at the bottom of the flagpole. They left a note okay. that said, welcome to the Danish island and a bottle of brandy. Oh, yeah, I love it. They they Both countries use it as a like training ground for their military and leave alcohol for the other country. So when Canada goes, they pick up the brandy. They take down the Danish flag, put up the Canadian flag. Everyone knows the maple leaf is better. Denmark's flag, I think, is just red and white like bars. I can't disagree that the the maple leaf is better, but I'm also a little bit biased sharing, you know, a continent with one of the countries. I honestly feel like that would make you go for Denmark more. Maybe if, if like, Canada wasn't Canada. Like, Canada doesn't really do anything to make you hate them, ever. Except when they were controlled by... England. Yeah, but then we were too, so it's fine. Right, exactly. And War of 1812, like, you invaded Michigan, but like, you can have Michigan. Uh, Some people say Michigan's part of Canada. And by some, I mean one person has told me that. I mean, the Youpers do kind of sound Canadian. Unofficially, they were just trying to guess where the U.S. states were, and they pointed to Michigan and said, is this even part of the U.S.? It's a fair question. But it was just a map of the United States. (laughs) Regardless... It's still a fair question. All right, so the war is actually now known as the Whiskey War because when Canada goes, they put up a Canadian flag and leave a bottle of Canadian whiskey. No one has died in this war, but according to the TikTok, a lot of sailors get drunk. Well, what, you want them to not drink the alcohol? Exactly. My favorite part about this is that they have plans to turn it into, like, a tourist attraction. Oh, yes, and the plan, if that does happen, is they're going to split. They both get the island, basically. However, here was my question to that, and maybe you can help me think through the, the answer to this. Where do the flags go? 
go? Because theoretically, they've drilled one spot hole, right? Like, yeah. do, do you put it on, like, the furthest point closest to your country, or...? Yeah, I'm going to assume that they didn't drill in the middle, and if they're going to split the island, they each get a quarter square mile. Okay. So that's just enough room to put a flag. Also, this island, I've only looked at a picture. I don't know this as a fact, but it's like 20, 25 feet in the air from the water. Like, there's not really a foothold spot to climb onto it. It's it's literally just a rock. It's a rock in the middle of this street. But again, I love it. And then two of the nicest countries in the world are fighting a war over it. They're probably fighting a war over like, oh, sorry. No, you can have it. Nope, sorry. We, we intruded on you. I can't do a Danish accent. I can't really do a Canadian accent, but I tried one. Maybe maybe puffins go up there and, you know, rest on their flight. You said they just leave whiskey, not weed. So I don't think there are puffins. I'm pretty sure puffins is a bird. I know. I was trying to make a joke about smoking. I know. Puffins are a bird. They're kind of penguin-esque. Next time you'll see a puffin flag planted when they both come and both of the drinks gone, replaced with, like, seawater. I mean, if the puffins really wanted to, they could win. They could they could pull an emu. They could. Uh, well, I feel like there's going to be a little less room to run around and hide in. But they can fly, so. Can they? I thought they were a swimming bird. I thought puffins could fly. We have Google in front of us. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, we don't. Oh, wow. 55 miles an hour in the sky. They tend to stay just above the sea, but yeah, no, they can fly. Oh, I forgot how cool puffins look. That is somebody's definition of cool, apparently. I mean, your favorite animal is a penguin, so it makes sense. It's basically just penguins that can fly and look like toucans. Yeah, and everyone wants to be toucan Sam growing up. So for my second fact, we're going to be talking about what is known in its scientific term, boom boom spice. I'm going to go with that's not a scientific term. It is not at all, but it really should be. Just putting it out there to the people that name these things. It could be called boom boom spice. Uh, gunpowder. So I assume you know where gunpowder was first created. Fireworks in China. China, yeah. It's one of the, like the four inventions that China's known for. I think it got traded on like the Silk Road. It was invented in the 9th century and then started to spread in like the 13th century. And the idea is that it might have been spread by the Mongols who had reverse engineered it after the Chinese had just flung bombs into Mongol territory. They just finally figured out how to reverse engineer it and then traded it or, you know, expanded that way. They got tired of having dragon heads fly over at them. Yeah. Well, actually, the fireworks were to originally to scare away spirits. Well, that could work. Yeah, I feel like it would work. However, gunpowder was not originally invented to scare away spirits or to blow up Mongols. What do you think the Chinese were trying to do when they invented gunpowder? What do you think they're trying to invent? Probably nothing related to gunpowder. I like your train of thought here, because if it were, this would be a very boring question. What are they trying to invent? Ah, uh, just, they're trying to go for TNT. What were they trying to invent? Uh, not gunpowder. Flintlock powder, I guess? I don't... What could you try to invent that could lead to gunpowder? Would the ingredients of gunpowder help? Yeah, probably. So... It's a mix of sulfur, carbon, and potassium nitrate, saltpeter. Okay, I'm going to go with they're trying to make a fertilizer. Sort of. Fertilizers help keep plants alive. They were trying to find essentially an immortality serum. Oh, so they were trying to make their own fountain of youth? Essentially, and they, you know... They did not succeed. They actually created quite the opposite. Yeah, they, they made the opposite. It was like a Nobel situation there, where he was trying to do one thing and then created TNT... Well, I guess he was trying to make TNT, but like not for that purpose. Turns out with explosives, you're not really trying to make them. They just happen. Well, sometimes you're trying to make them. After you know that you can make them, you're trying to make them. When they're invented, they were usually accidental. So originally it was a medicine. 
called fire medicine. How did it work? Well, so the individual ingredients are actually natural remedies for various things. Sulfur, activated carbon or charcoal, and saltpeter. Saltpeter, you'll actually find a lot of spices. Hence, boom boom spice. I feel like that I'm submitting that name right now. You better trademark that. No, actually, I don't want to trademark it because I want them to actually use it. So, you know, Thagomizer, Boom Boom Spice, like, they're on the same level here. Uh, Thagomizer, I think, might be trademarked. So each of the ingredients were known to have some purposes in terms of remedies. So this is why you don't mix drugs. This is why you don't mix medicines, because each of them individually can help various things. Then you put them together and Boom Boom Spice. No, this is why you do mix stuff, because then we get good things. Gunpowder could be good. I guess don't mix them inside of you. I wouldn't recommend that. God, we're on the same page there. You do your mixing outside. I mean, salts, uh, metal and sodium and chlorine. Yes. Chlorine gas kills you. The World War kind of showed that one. Yeah, World War One kind of kind of showed that. And then sodium, it go boom in water. It go big boom in water. <laughs> I highly suggest if you enjoy watching explosions, obviously, sure, gunpowder, whatever, fine. Metal and like sodium potassium in water fantastic to watch not not to be there for but to watch fantastic yeah so you just combine a metal with a poisonous gas and you get this lovely thing called table salt it's great good thing we mix those together yeah well actually salts you can taste the various different parts of salts so each salt tastes a little bit different. Could you want to explain to me what the hell pink Himalayan salt is then? Pink Himalayan salt, I believe, it's very good on meats. I'm glad you know this, the person who can have like two meats. Yeah, I forget the exact chemical makeup, but it's particularly good on meats. Okay, I'll just stick with my iodide salt because it's like 29 cents for a giant thing at the store. Yeah, I have four different salts, I believe. Why? Different purposes. Okay. They, they all taste different. Also, in case you're wondering what the different parts of the gunpowder do, um, because I know that was a question you had burning inside of you. Well, I'm assuming the nitrate, I'm pretty sure, is actually used as a fertilizer, so that's what I'm going to assume helps it go boom, because fertilizer is also... It does help it go boom, because it's an oxidizer. It provides the oxygen. So normally, when you burn a fire, it pulls in oxygen from around it. However, the nitrate is KNO3. The O3 means three oxygens. The sulfur is essentially a stabilizer, keeping everything at, you know, same conditions, basically. And you'll know that's important if you've ever shared an area with somebody and then they quote unquote clean it and you can't find anything. You need things to stay consistent uh, in order for things to work. Um, so that's what sulfur does. It heats up first. And then the carbon is obviously the carbon in the combustion reaction and the nitrate provides the oxygen. And when you have the oxygen readily available next to the carbon, you get boom, boom. <laughs> Sulfur also just makes Yellowstone smell terrible. And Florida. Florida, I didn't notice it as much. Yellowstone, literally, I had to run back to, like, our car because I was about to, like, throw up from smelling sulfur. It was, oh, God. Yeah, no, Florida. Florida's the same thing. Swamps is sulfur. Uh, see, at least Florida has crocodiles that you're just looking at to distract you. The bison buffalo. Not bison buffalo. The the bison of Yellowstone were not are not in the parking lot for the sulfur stuff. Yeah, I guess when you're smelling something that smells horrible and looking at a crocodile smell probably goes away yeah you just focus on the crocodile that that tracks despite the fact that i keep calling them crocodiles and i'm 90 percent sure now they're alligators well honestly to me they're both the same they're both big snappy jaw jaw things so naming things with david big snappy jaw jaw boom boom spice we're on a roll here what else should we name probably nothing with the roll that we're on oh water <sighs> no make sure you drink your water every day every day most people 
Yes. You're supposed to do that. Why are you supposed to do that every day? That's just way too much. You're supposed to get eight glasses, despite the fact that there's nothing that says you need eight glasses of water a day. Also, most of that you get through various other foods that you eat throughout the day. But anyway, I just love the fact that the alchemists kept burning their house. Well, I don't like the fact that they kept burning their houses down, but I like that they were trying to make like a immortality elixir and created gunpowder. Alchemists were pretty shit at doing whatever they set out to do. They never actually did it. Okay, to be fair, neither would you if you had none of human history to rely on. Well, also, you're not going to create an immortality elixir or create gold. I mean, we can create gold from lead. The hottest temperature you were talking about last week that's isn't that what they were doing well they were just smashing lead particles together they weren't creating gold they were using it to accelerate yeah if you essentially do the same purpose to make the same conditions on the interior of a star or a supernova collapsing i guess you can make lead into gold it's possible you're not going to get any measurable gold out of that yeah it's it's not going to be worth your time doing it you're not getting GameStop rich off of it. No. Well, actually, you might be. It depends on when you pulled out of GameStop. You might not be getting GameStop rich. That's not a sentence I ever thought I'd hear. Being the kid that grew up buying games for like, what, what was it, like 50 bucks and then selling them back for 50 cents. Yeah. And that was a good deal. Well, speaking of getting rich, we're going to talk about money. I feel like that's a good segue from getting rich to money. It generally requires money despite the fact that, you know, Elon Musk and Bezos, the two richest people right now, their money isn't technically real. It's all just in their company's stock. If you want to get into it, most money isn't really real. It only exists because we give it value. So I'm going to say you lose that argument. Hence, uh, Dogecoin's worth seven cents. So you can actually ask the U.S. Treasury Department to get for $10,000. Like as a loan? Nope, you don't have to pay it back or anything. The The slight issue is it's it's not you can't use the money. It's $10,000 worth of money, but it's shredded. I'm confused on the viability of getting $10,000 worth of shredded money besides counterfeiting. Like, I don't know what other purposes there are. So the money that's shredded is misprints or it's been in circulation so long that like the inks run off. So it's you can't actually use it anymore. No, I understand that. Again, I just don't understand why somebody would want that other than the purposes of like counterfeiting. Who doesn't want $10,000 of shredded money? So the question is, by the way, how much do you think you have to pay the U.S. Treasury Department to get this? To get this $10,000 of shredded money. Have you considered doing this? No, but you might. Oh, it's an obtainable amount of money. Ooh, $500. You'd spend $500 on shredded money that you can't use? (laughs) No, I wouldn't at all. I just, I figured that was an amount that I would just on a whim pay for something that would be too much after thinking about it. Uh, it's, It's lower. Good. I'm also sad about the fact that I thought that $500 was an amount that I would willingly spend just on a whim for something. I'm, I'm a little more concerned about that one, yes, but we'll, we'll ignore that. Good. Thank you. Appreciate it. I don't think I've ever spent $500 on just a knee-jerk purchase, I think. Good call. Yeah, I don't think so. $1. It's more than a dollar. Okay, so we've got between $1 and $500. It is less than $100, though. Pie dollars. That'd be entertaining. Don't know how you could pull that one off. You have to keep shredding up the money in order to give it to them. Keep shaving little bits off of a penny to get it right. Yeah, shave off some of that the inner zinc. Mm-hmm. It's $45. Okay, how did they arrive at $45? I don't know. <laughs> like, I guess it's a round number in terms of it's a multiple of five. Also, I'm a little bit confused that it's not like $44.99. Not gonna lie there. I mean, maybe it was. I was reading a Vice.com article. By the way, if you need more than a... Uh... 
the 40 more than like ten thousand dollars like you need more than like one bag you have to write a written request providing reasoning for why you need it yeah i mean i do understand that and again i'm still just trying to figure out why you would need your first bag of ten thousand dollars without the purposes of counterfeiting it's shredded like confetti counterfeiting's happening in like north korea north korea makes better uh u.s money than the u.s does that they're very good at it south america's pretty good at it too yeah north korea though makes the best u.s fakes they do it's mostly used for i mean it's shredded up like confetti monopoly i guess like i could figure i could figure like if I wanted to feel like I was rich, I could tape it all together and make it in Monopoly money. If you want to, or... Because you only need $2,500 per person at the start. It's two 500s, two 100s, two 50s, six 20s, five 10s, five fives, and five ones. Yeah, you're not going to want to tape this back together, though. It's mostly used for art projects, or one of the requests was about it was the person's 16th birthday, birthday and the theme was money. Make it rain like money. Make it rain money. Okay, that one I could see. And um, you get money confetti, so. Yeah. When you know you could go to like a high school sporting event, the student section was usually like throwing confetti up in the air at some point. You know how cool that'd be to just like reach in and just throw, just throw some money up. And it's still inherently, it, it, it's not worth anything. Yeah, because you have to have over half of a bill in order for it to still count. Yes, yeah, so you can't use it. So Because I also imagine that if you, they, they probably print void and all that kind of stuff all over it. And also if you showed up to a cashier with a duct taped together $100 bill, they'd look at you and go, no, we're just both going to pretend this didn't happen, right? Yes. I also enjoyed the last request that Vice talked about was just like some kid wrote for it. it didn't provide a reasoning for why they want it. It was just, can I have this? <laughs> did he get it? Unclear. Because I feel like if he did, then why ask for a written request other than... I'm going to go with they probably didn't because there wasn't a clear reason for why they need it. Also, I can see them not really caring and just saying that you need a clear reason to ward off anyone from just getting a ton of it, like making it so that you have to put in the time and effort to think of something. I'll expect our shredded money bag to be showing up in a few weeks. $45 is a bit much, and I'm still confused on why it's 45 It's just enough where you're not actually going to pay it. It says I can't access it. Oh. I'm not kidding. <laughs> you're finally on one too many lists. I don't know. Five, five pound bag of shredded currency from greenhead.com. Ooh, eBay. Oh, you can just go to eBay and get some shredded money. You don't even have to list a reason. That's not official U.S. Treasury Department. It says 100% real shredded cash money currency, $200. Well, that's a ripoff. It's only 45 from the Treasury Department. Well, it's it's $200 worth of money. It's 395 Ooh, I think that's less cost effective, though. It is. That's why they did it, because you can you can buy the shredded money and then sell it on eBay. That, that costs three times as much. Mm. Well, you, you, you would be getting the money back if you bought it and then sold it on eBay. So now I'll still look forward to the... Uh... Shred money bag, despite the fact that clearly it's not selling on eBay. Would I really buy something that has no actual purpose and isn't selling on eBay? Yes. I mean, good answer. I was just making sure that we we're on the same page here. Um, see the house. Oh, I don't even have to leave my room. I well, actually, most of the things I own do have a practical purpose. Whether or not I use them for that practical purpose is a different thing. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Hats All We Know podcast with your hosts, Chris and David. David and Chris. David and Chris. With your hosts, David and Chris. Hopefully you enjoyed this discussion about how you can become the real Mr. Moneybags, a rock that two countries are currently fighting over, a hat that Chris doesn't know exists, which honestly, I'm not really narrowing a lot down. I think that's any hat. <laughs> 
Hams, my personal favorite. Uh, Boom Boom Spice. The name's my personal favorite. I still like the hat better, but you know. Trademark pending. Trademark pending. Well, not really, because please use it. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know what other names you have for gunpowder or various other everyday items. We, we look forward to seeing them. I was going to say, do you, you got a name for uh, Miller Lite really quick? PP Alcohol? Okay. Am I, am I, that feels correct? Uh, it's not, it's not the worst name now. Okay. Sorry. Murica PP Alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. If you enjoyed our random names or just the episode in general, you can also follow us on social media at Hats All We Know on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also, if you're on listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review or you can subscribe on any other podcast network. And if you didn't enjoy the episode or the names, again, please let us know what names you'd prefer to call everyday objects because again, at least I am all ears. I'm ready for this. I, I'm not sure that Chris is. I'm not, no. So that is all the more reason to uh, send us your names for everyday objects. Much appreciated. And now, one final pun. I like how you say one final pun. Like, I know we've said a lot, but we have to do it because it's tradition. Occasionally, I do try to make them good, but... It's a pun. Though I might try, corny jokes are just fantastic. Have fun. <laughs>